Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, ancients of days. Thank you, King of glory. You are worthy to be magnified. You are worthy to take all the praise. Father, we come to you this evening asking that you show yourself strong, reveal yourself to us, and take all the glory. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened, that we may understand the depths of your word and be able to pass it down even to others. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Savior. Receive all the praise. Receive all the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Good evening once more and welcome to Fresh Manor Bible Studies. It is a joy to have all of you connect this evening to study the Word of God. And if this is your first day joining us this evening, I want to say God bless you. You're welcome. And may this study today be a blessing to you. In Jesus' name. Last week we studied about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We studied about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And today we are going to be studying water baptism. Water baptism. Some of you are already baptized and you may be asking yourself, what is the necessity? What is the importance of this Bible study? The goal of every Bible study is not just to teach you so you can adhere to what the Bible is saying. The goal of our Bible studies is to give you information that you can use to teach other people. For, for some people, it will be an opportunity for them to understand water baptism so they can get baptized or to understand what they might have done wrong as far as baptism is concerned. But for some people, it will be a moment of equipping a moment of teaching that you are gaining knowledge in order to pass it down to others. The Apostle Paul said to Timothy, These things you have heard me said in the presence of many witnesses. He says, Also transmit them to faithful men who will also transmit to other faithful men. So it is a relay race. The information I'm giving you today is not just so you can keep it or just so you can know, is that you are able to pass it down even to others. We don't want to be Christians who do things just because it was said so. Or we do things just because I belong to that church. You want to understand why you are doing what you are doing. Because if you do things without understanding the reason for doing them, it is easy for somebody to convince you out of what you were doing. And so I'd like you to pay attention today because we have some very important uh, subtopics to consider under this topic of subject of water baptism. Now, as we go on, after your conversion to Christ, the very next thing to do as a new believer is to get baptized. Water baptism does not bring salvation. Pay attention. Neither does it wash away your sins. 
when you invited Jesus into your life, you became saved and his blood washed away your sins. Being baptized does not add anything to your salvation. Now we say, look at the thief on the cross. He was never baptized, but Jesus guaranteed him a place in paradise. If this was so, many will ask, why then is baptism necessary? If the thief on the cross, why is baptism necessary? Baptism is your first step of public announcing or publicly announcing to the world that you belong to Jesus Christ. The word baptize comes from the word, from the Greek word baptizo. And it simply means to immerse, bury, or plunge. Water baptism as portrayed in the scripture means to immerse, bury, or plunge in water. Jesus, our um, role model, was immersed in water. Matthew 3 verse 16. And these New Testament scriptures below also designate examples of baptism as an act of being immersed in water. John the Baptist, in Mark chapter 1 verse 5, he said, and, and, and John the Baptist baptized those who would repent. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 new believers were baptized. Acts 2.41 Paul was baptized three days after he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Acts chapter 9 verse 18 Cornelius and some other Gentiles were baptized. Acts chapter 10 verse 47 Lydia and her household were baptized. Acts 16 verse 15 The Philippian jailer and his household were baptized. Acts 16.33 Many Corinthian believers were baptized. If you read Acts chapter 19, you will see it there. Acts chapter 18, verse 8, and Acts chapter 19, verse 5, where other Ephesian disciples were also baptized. All these cases, they indicate baptism, and they specify the word baptizo, which is by immersion. You may wonder if... Sprinkling is the same thing as baptism by immersion. The word, the, the simple answer is this. The, the, the Bible uses the word baptizo, which means to immerse. The word sprinkle and the word immerse are two different words and they mean two different things. They have nothing in common. Baptism must be by immersion. Baptism must be an immersion based on what it signifies. Now let's talk about the significance of baptism. Baptism according, baptism is an ordinance which is the outward demonstration of the inward faith. It is a way to outwardly express what you believe in your heart. Baptism signifies that we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when you go to be baptized, for example, whether at a pool or in a baptistry or whatever place you baptize, once you go under that water, you know under the water you don't breathe, what does that signify? That is death, and as the water covers you, that is burial. And when you come out from the water, 
that is resurrection. Baptism by sprinkling does not signify these three things. There is no way you can sprinkle water on your head and it represents death, burial, and resurrection. It is only baptism by immersion that indicates these three things. The birth, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 6, verse 3 to 5, it says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized in his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if the spirits have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Three things, death, burial, and resurrection. Water baptism is vital. Now we said it signifies the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Water baptism signifies burial with Christ and the resurrection to a new life. We have we've also said is to publicly announce or declare your allegiance to Christ. It also indicates your seriousness and commitment to Christ. It is a visible sign that seals your spiritual commitment. It's a visible sign that seals your spiritual commitment. And there are people who have asked me, I say, Pastor, what if I was already baptized? Before I gave my life to Christ, I was baptized as a child. You know, some people get baptized as a child. My parents baptized me when I was born. You know, I was already baptized in the church I was going to before I gave my life to Christ. Baptism comes after salvation, not before salvation. So whether you were baptized by immersion or by sprinkling or as a child or as an adult, before you actually give your life to Christ, it does not count. The Bible says, says it clearly in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. It says, behold, all things have passed away. All things does not mean all bad things. It means everything about your life from the past is gone away. So if you were baptized, let's say, in, 20, in 2000, in the year 2000, when you were still in sin, probably you went to get baptized because everyone in your family was getting baptized or your parents threatened you to be baptized. And I went and got baptized, but you were still even in sin. Then in the year 2020, for example, you gave your life to Jesus. Everything you did from the year 2020 going backward has passed away, including that baptism. All your sins, all your goodness, all your kindness, everything has passed away. You are a newborn baby in Jesus Christ. So the things you did in the past doesn't count. So baptism comes after your salvation and not before salvation. Baptism comes after salvation. You cannot extract the good things from your past and make it count in your new life. If you were baptized earlier, like we said, such as, such as in the case of infant baptism, when you are still an unbeliever, before you repented and received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, all those things have passed away. In Mark chapter 16, verse 16, it says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. 
he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He did not say he that baptizes and then believes will be saved. There is a sequence, believe and baptize. The next thing we should answer is, when should a person get baptized? When should a person? There is no scripture indicating what time you should be baptized. However, as soon as you believe in Jesus Christ and receive him as your Lord and Savior, you should get baptized. In the New Testament, there was always a sense of urgency about baptism. In Acts chapter 16, 31 to 34, baptism is not an optional ritual to be delayed or deferred. Jesus commanded that his followers be baptized. He never indicated that they should wait until a more convenient time. Believers in the New Testament were baptized the same day. As soon as a person decides to believe in Jesus Christ, he can be baptized and is encouraged to be baptized. Those who accepted his message were baptized. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. They did not go home to go buy new dresses, to go buy white dresses, or to attend doctrinal classes. They got baptized right away. So if you are ready to be baptized, please contact your church pastor if you don't belong to Newbury Christian Church, or contact me or any church leader and express your desire to be baptized. Once that is done, you will be prepped and scheduled for baptism. What if a person is not baptized? Can he be saved? What if a person is not baptized? Can he be saved? This question is best answered with a question. Why isn't the person baptized? There are three possibilities to this question. Number one, somebody may say, I never understood baptism. Perhaps this person was never instructed to be baptized. Maybe the person was never challenged to consider the baptism. That's entirely possible. If this is the case, we urge you, maybe listening to me today, to consider getting baptized. This doesn't negate your faith up to this point. Part of maturity is an openness to understanding new areas of your work with Jesus Christ. The second possibility is the person may say, I don't want to. I don't want to get baptized. Even as I'm saying, there are people who are baptized by sprinkling. And now they are hearing the truth, but they can still decide in their heart saying, I'm not going to do it. Or I'm not baptizing again. Like somebody said to me, how can a whole man like me, a whole big man like me, go back into the water again to be baptized? <laughs> so for them, they may say, I don't want to. Such resistance reveals a problem not with baptism, but with the soul of the person. With the soul of a person. It reveals a problem in the heart of the person. Such a person does not need a study of baptism. He needs a heart examination, an examination of his soul. Jesus was even puzzled in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not do the things I ask. If you are truly a believer of Jesus Christ, you want to do anything that Jesus commands. Anything Jesus commands. True believers do not only offer their lives, they yield their wills to Jesus Christ. Baptism is the initial test of a believer's heart. 
if one won't obey Christ in baptism, what will he do when he calls him to obey him in prayer, in evangelism, or other acts, or other services? If you cannot obey God when he says get baptized, what else will you obey him to do? Number three, <clears throat> what if the one, what if someone died before they ever had a chance to be baptized? What if someone died before they ever had a chance to be baptized? Would they be saved? What if I entrust my soul to Christ before I can even get a chance or opportunity to be baptized? This is the question. Would they be saved? The answer to this question is found in the character of God. Will God of love reject an honest heart? No way. Will a God of mercy and kindness condemn a seeking soul? Absolutely not. Think about a thief on the cross. He simply confessed his faith in Jesus Christ. He wasn't baptized. He had never attended any Bible study. Not attended any, never gave an offering. And Jesus Christ said, today, you will be with me in paradise. Like we said, baptism does not save. But deliberately denying to be baptized can affect your salvation. The next thing is, does it matter where you're baptized? I've had some people, some churches, some awesome sects I will call, who have said true baptism has to be in a river that is flowing because it takes your sins away. Or it has to be in River Jordan, in the same place Jesus Christ was baptized. There are many theories about where to baptize. So does it matter where I baptize? The answer is no. If you were baptized, whether you were baptized in a Baptist church or a Pentecostal church or in a Presbyterian church or in a family reunion, it does not matter. The most important is that you demonstrated your faith in Jesus Christ that you believed in his death, burial, and resurrection. That is what is important. It is not the kind of water you go baptized in, whether you go baptized in a stream, river, or pool, or sea, or ocean. It is your confession in Jesus Christ, your believing in Jesus Christ, receiving him as your Lord and Savior, that makes your baptism valid. The next question is, how much do I need to know in order to be baptized? Because some churches make you go through a doctrine, a long period of doctrinal classes before you get baptized. It's a dogma. Churches choose to operate how they operate. But biblically speaking, the only thing you need to do is you only need to realize that you're a sinner and that Jesus is your Savior. And then after you realize that you receive Jesus Christ into your heart, as the Lord and personal Savior, believing in Him, you are qualified for baptism. As you grow old in Christ, you will learn many other things about Christ. The only thing you need to know, or the only thing you need is to believe in Jesus, is to believe in Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. So, you may be surprised that why did, did this person got baptized when they never attended any classes? They don't know anything. The only thing you need to know is to get baptized, is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So why should I consider 
getting baptized. Somebody may be asking me, why should I consider getting baptized? I, only, I already belong to a church and nobody is condemning me. Why should I consider getting baptized? Number one, because we are following Christ's example. In order to understand the reason for being water baptized, it is important to carefully consider what the Bible says about it. Jesus himself was baptized. He was not a sinner. Yet he humbled himself in obedience to identify with us and give us an example to follow. In Mark chapter 1 verse 9, the message Bible says, At this time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Notice that not only did he travel from another town to be baptized, he humbled himself in to be baptized even though he was not a sinner. Number two reason why we should consider getting baptized is baptism, that we said earlier, is an act of obedience. Water baptism is an act of obedience, is an act of faith and obedience to the commands of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 29 to 20, it says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Baptism is an act of obedience. So when a person consciously refuses to be baptized, they are publicly demonstrating their disobedience to the law. Number three, baptism, like we said earlier, is a public declaration. Baptism declares that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. It is a public confession of your faith in and commitment to Jesus Christ. It is the next step after salvation through repentance and faith. And it's important, it's an important foundation for your spiritual work. It's an important foundation for your spiritual work. Do you know that even Muslims get baptized? If you as a Christian today decide to go join Islam, they will baptize you. And that is why in most Islamic families, when an Islamic person decides to join uh, the Christian faith or decide to follow Jesus, they don't persecute you until the day of your baptism because they understand that the day you get baptized is the day you are publicly announcing to the world that you are a Christian, that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. And then the next thing is, in what name? In what name should we get baptized? In what name should we get baptized? This is very, very uh, powerful. Because there is an argument, even in certain denominations, where people say, you have to baptize in the name of Jesus. Not in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. People say you have to baptize in the name of Jesus. But when we read the scriptures, we realize that if you go to Acts chapter 19, let me read Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, if you have your Bibles, you can refer with me. Acts chapter 19, we're going to read from verse 1.
Acts chapter 19 from verse 1. He says, While Paul, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Take note of the word, some disciples. These were not unbelievers. They were disciples. They were followers of Jesus Christ. And he asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? They answered, No. We have not even heard that there is any Holy Spirit. Verse 3, which is a key question we are going to consider in answering this question. He says, So, Paul asks, Then what baptism did you receive? And the answer, John's baptism, they replied. So, Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Upon hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now pay attention to this scripture. That the first in verse 3, when Paul asked that what kind of baptism did you receive? This indicates that there were two kinds of baptism. The baptism of John. When John was baptizing people, John was just leading people to a public act of confessing their sins and pledging their faith in God. It wasn't through Jesus Christ because at that time, Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus could not save mankind from sins unless after his death and resurrection. So John could not point, John could not baptize in the name of Jesus because Jesus was not yet glorified. So all believers in Jesus Christ who baptized through John had to be baptized again when Jesus Christ was resurrected because now their faith was in Jesus Christ, not just pledging their commitment to God and asking him to forgive their sins. They had to have a reference for their salvation, which was Jesus Christ. Remember that nobody was born again until the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is to let you know that all the saints of old, beginning from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Elijah, Moses, Joshua, and all these great men of God in the Old Testament, none of them were born again. People only became born again. New life was only possible after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when the Bible talks about they were baptized in the name of Jesus, it is not actually saying that Paul took them and put them in water and said, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus. It simply means that they were not baptized recognizing Jesus as the author and finisher of their faith, recognizing Jesus as the means of their salvation. That is what it means. So during the days of Paul, there were two kinds of baptism. There were people that got baptized by John, whose baptism did not point to Jesus Christ as the Messiah. It was just a public act of confessing their sins and pledging their allegiance to God. But then after Jesus Christ was resurrected, they had to get baptized now, pledging their faith in Jesus Christ as the means of their salvation. 
So this is to get you uh, a clarification because you are going to hear people say, no, we have to baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. So what does the Bible say? In Matthew 28, verse 19, it says, Therefore go into the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So these are the exact words of Jesus Christ. So if you were in a place and Jesus spoke and a pastor spoke, whose word do you listen to? Jesus, of course, because he has the final authority. So when people don't understand the context of how scriptures are used, they build false doctrines out of scriptures. It was, it was a disgrace that one of the elders in the church, in a recognized church in Cameroon, went to a certain seminar and there were some teachers of the scriptures, I will call them false teachers of the scriptures, who were teaching and saying anyone who got baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit was not rightfully baptized. That if you got baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you have to re-baptize again. And these elders, elders of the church, went and got baptized again in the name of Jesus. So this is why this teaching is not just for those who want to get knowledge about baptism so they can baptize. It is for you too, as a believer, to understand. So in case you are confronted with false doctrine, false teachings, you can rightly say, I got baptized the right way in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So baptism is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I did explain to you that it is important when the Bible says we should baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because without the Trinity, if you don't believe in a Trinity, salvation is not possible because we understand that God became flesh. In John 1.14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is Jesus Christ. And then after He came, He died, for us, to redeem us from our sins. After he left, he gave us the spirit that will empower us to live for him. So you see the Father incarnating in Jesus Christ, dying on the cross to save us. And after he dies, he gives us the Holy Spirit who will guide us, teach us, and enable us to live for him. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when I'm pledging my faith in God through baptism, I'm not just saying in Jesus' name. I, I, I don't just believe that only uh, Jesus was responsible for everything that I'm, I'm receiving to them. I'm saying that I believe in the Father who sent the Son to die for me and who has given me the Spirit to live for Him. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because they all played a part in salvation. Remember that without the Spirit of God convicting us, there is no way we can get saved. Without the Spirit of God that, that drew us to Jesus Christ, there is no way we would have received this message. It is the Spirit that brought us to Jesus, convicted our hearts, and that we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So baptism is in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Like I said, if you were baptized by sprinkling 
when you were a child or you were baptized by immersion when you were a child or before you even came to know the Lord. This is your opportunity. This is the truth before you. What are you going to do? Are you going to say, I will not? Or are you going to adhere to the truth and do what is right? Like we said, you don't have to get baptized in a Baptist church, in a Pentecostal church, in a Lutheran church. You only have to get baptized where water is available. We have baptized many Christians from other churches. Maybe your church doesn't believe in baptism by immersion. They, they do sprinkling. And you find yourself in a position where you want to get baptized by immersion, but your church doesn't offer that opportunity. We will be glad to help you do what is right as it relates to your faith in Jesus Christ. We are not asking anybody to leave their church. We are asking you to do what is right. Get baptized by immersion. Like I said to you, baptism does not save. Baptism have no, has no redemptive powers. But a person who consciously refused to be baptized has refused to also publicly declare his faith and obedience to Jesus Christ. And there are consequences. He says, he that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. What does that mean? He that believes and has the opportunity to be baptized and refuses to be baptized, I doubt that you'll be saved because that is disobedience to Jesus Christ. So we are giving everyone an opportunity today. If you are not yet been baptized, I don't know what you're waiting for. If you are not yet giving your life to Jesus Christ, we are not asking you to be baptized just so you can say, well, I had the teaching and I got baptized. The first condition to be baptized is that you must have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. There should be no procrastination. Once the Ethiopian you know, if you read Acts chapter 7, once the Ethiopian you know had the message, had the message from Philip, after Philip explained to him the scriptures, he said, this is water. Why don't you baptize me? He was on his way traveling in a chariot he did not he did not mind to get wet on his way back home because he understood this was necessary for his salvation some of us want to wait say i want to graduate first i want to give birth to this child first i want to finish this job first before i get baptized no baptism has a sense of urgency throughout the scriptures in acts chapter 19 when the apostle paul spoke to the believers we we read about they not say, oh, Apostle, we heard what you said. We'll think about it. Or let's go and prepare and tell our family members to cook food so we can invite our friends. They baptize right away. So baptism doesn't have to be a big ceremony or big occasion where you cook food, invite your friends to come from left and right. It is when you hear the word of God. It says, harden not your heart. The moment you hear the word of truth, you take the right action because it is that serious. So, if you have not been baptized and you want to get baptized, I want to let you know today that we are willing to baptize you. If you were baptized by sprinkling, I want to let you know today that that baptism is not biblical. I don't care the church you belong to. I'm telling you the truth today as a pastor. I'm not going to sit here today to tell you a lie because I'm trying to please you or because I'm trying to win your favor. It doesn't benefit me anything if I come in and I tell you a lie. Biblical baptism, the word baptism, like I explained before, means 
It comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means to plunge, to bury, or to cover. You cannot say, I got baptized by sprinkling. In English, that's what we call, they call tautology, like you're using a description to explain something that doesn't match. You cannot say, I fried my fish by boiling it. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense, because boiling and frying are two different processes. Sprinkling and baptism are not, and omission are not the same thing. So you cannot say, I baptize by sprinkling. Say, I immerse, I plunge by sprinkling. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. You cannot say, I fry by boiling or I fry by drying. When we fry fish in deep oil, it is not the same as we bake fish. It's not the same. Even though the fish will be cooked at the end, but the processes are different. The baptism prescribed in the Bible is clearly baptism by immersion baptism by immersion so we are giving this opportunity to everyone listening to me today if you read the bible in the book of john it says john the baptist was now baptizing in enon near Salim, because there was much water so after john the baptist baptized in jordan the water levels went down he had to change the location because it was necessary for the people to be buried in water because baptism is important. It's an important act of your faith and your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, you either choose to identify with the truth or identify with your denomination. Maybe in your church were told that baptism is this way. Now you've heard the truth. You have a choice to identify with the truth that will set you free or go with your denomination and say, in this church, this is what we do. This is what I've been told. My fathers did it this way. My, my grandfather did it this way. This is what I would do. It's your choice. But like I said, for those who truly believe in Jesus Christ and have given their hearts to Jesus, they will do whatever it takes to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. So I hope that you will get this knowledge, this understanding, that as you meet other people, or even as you teach your children, as you disciple people, you tell them the reason why they should, why they should be baptized, and if they have any questions, I believe that we've covered so many areas in these brief Bible studies that can help you, help the people that need information about baptism. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you, Rock of Ages, for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your presence. We honor you this evening because without you, Lord, we are nothing. Without you, we are useless. We give you praise. We ask that this word we have heard today, may you grant us the grace even to be able to teach others. And for many of us, Lord, and for many people who have not yet been baptized, may you open their eyes, grant them grace, give them understanding to do what is right. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself as to many who desire the truth that the words we speak are not our words, but are the words as written in the scriptures. Convict the hearts that need to be convict, convicted. And bring them to the point where they are willing to be baptized to do what is right. Father, may this knowledge be sealed and polished in our hearts so we can teach others and disciples many to come to you. Thank you, Rock of Ages. Thank you, King of Kings. In Jesus' name. Amen.
and amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us today for these Bible studies. I know you have been blessed. If you have been blessed, uh, this recording is really uh, shared on a WhatsApp group, or you can request this recording and share it with a friend, a relative, a colleague, who may need this information. You know people that need to understand why we need to get baptized by mission. You can share it with them. Give them the opportunity to hear the truth. And if they hear the truth, it's their choice whether they want to adhere to that truth or not. But we are called to present the truth to everybody. We are not called to convince anybody. We are called to preach the word of God. So thank you all for connecting with us this evening. It's unfortunate I'm not present to answer any questions this evening. So please, if you do have any questions, write them down or send me a text message and I will gladly respond to your questions. On Friday, we are going to meet again on this same conference line to pray for ourselves, for our families, the church, and the nations. Please invite somebody on Friday and let's continue to spread God's word and give people the opportunity to belong to the household of faith. God bless you all and have a wonderful evening. Amen.